Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 83 with our guest, Jordan Paris. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, guys. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. You're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. When was the last time you did something just for the sheer fun of it? Do you find your days are filled with calendar appointments and inbox of unread emails and an ever-growing to-do list? Have you forgotten to approach life with a childlike enthusiasm? Well, our next guest has the remedy for this. It's Jordan Paris, and his approach is unlike other entrepreneurs, myself included, as he believes that curiosity, joy, and love must be at the core <laughs> of what we do and work should follow after. Innovation is at the heart of most successful businesses, and his invigorating methods will help reignite the imagination and creativity in your business. His unique approach to life and work is definitely paying off as he is a 21-year-old author, web developer, podcast host, and former college, college athlete seen in Men's Health, Yahoo Finance, and NASDAQ. Jordan will summon you to seek your own unique truths, empowering yourself with his mantra, don't make a living, design a life. My goodness, help me welcome to the show, Jordan Paris. What's going on, Jordan? Josh, thank you so much for that intro. It was a great intro. You did a fantastic job and you speak very well, of course. Well, well, <laughs> thank you. I, I appreciate that acknowledgement. So um, in, the, in the research of you, and, and again, there's just so much that I admire and respect and can learn from you. As I said, we can all learn from each other, certainly. Somebody said of you, quote, he walks in his purpose every day. Oh, and who I, said that? I don't know. I, I, I did not take names. I just observed. Um, but um, what do you say of that? Because even to be at your age, um, I joked earlier that when I was 21, I can't even begin to tell you what I was doing and certainly what I was not doing. Um, I barely got my life together these days, you know? So for to see someone like you really owning everything you're doing and pursuing and, and making waves and making a difference and putting things into place. What does it mean to walk in your purpose? Is that something you consciously have, have done? 
In one way or another, yes, I, I love it. Somebody said that, uh, you know, very kind. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's, I guess the way that I do that is, you know, don't make a living design a life. It's been in my Instagram bio for two and a half years. And it's not because it sounds good, but because it actually works. And so what I do, you know, it's make a lot of money, help a lot of people have a lot of fun. And if it doesn't check, if a certain activity does not check one, at least one of those boxes, I don't do it. Or I either don't do it at all, or I outsource it to someone who will do it and get it done for me at a, at a cost, cost of goods sold. So that's really what life's living by design, not making a living, but designing your life around those criteria is all about. You can design it around any criteria you want, but those are my criteria and that's my purpose. So talking about design, part of what you do is you are a web designer, right? You build websites for clients. And we were talking on the air, uh, uh, before air and you pointed something out. You said, yes, I build websites for clients, but you pointed out that you don't even work long hours on that because you charge appropriately, you said. I want to hear all about this. Yeah, you said, what do you do for business? And I said, you know, well, of course, the majority of my time is talking to the coolest people on planet Earth. You know, you could look at that guest list. If you just go to jordanparis.com, it's right. You know, there's, they're, they're featured prominently, the people that uh, I've befriended and had on the show. Um, but that's like the majority of my time. I spent, I, that's, that's like so much fun and it helps people and it makes only a little bit of money, you know, but like the podcast is not a great way to make money, but there's the developing websites that I don't do it. Like I like that's, that's what I do for business. That's why I answered the question that way because um, I, I really don't spend much time on it at all. And these projects take, you know, for the most part, under 10 hours, I'm really quick. I've, I mean, I do, I don't rush in any way. I'm just, I've done it efficient. so many times, right? I'm very efficient. I know what I'm doing. It's the same style every time because people come to me for that style and I charge a ton. So I don't have to do it all the time. And I only cater to people who are dead serious because I charge a ton. That's like, it's a natural weeding out process. So, wow. um, and so, so really, that's, I really don't spend that much time on it. And uh, I just, how did you get to the point where you could, char could charge a ton? How does that yeah. happen? Yeah, well, you're either the best or the, you're the cheapest. And I am the best. I know I'm the best. If you see any of my work, not just, you know, of course, jordanparis.com, but any of my, the work that I've done, people come to me for that exact style. They're like, Jordan, we want this. And okay, okay, you want it? I'm the person who does it, you know, it's a, it's a monopoly. Like, I don't, I don't compete in the race to the bottom because I have a whole separate product. It's completely different. I, it's a monopoly. Yeah. So, and what that, I love about this is that you're not saying I'm the best in, in any sort of egocentric or conceited way. You're saying it as a fact and a, uh, as a sense of confidence, which I can see the big difference. How have you, were you always this way? Just a, a known confident, or, or did you sort of have to grow into that way? Yeah, I grew into it, and you know, with 
with results, uh, uh, confidence comes. Uh, yeah, I can't can say I always was. Um, you know, maybe in in baseball, you know, you when I played baseball back in the day, you could argue I was almost like cocky. Uh, okay. You know, I, I think I was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know that I was always this way though. So talking about your earlier days, I know you talk about this openly. Um, in high school, you you were battling depression. Things weren't going yeah. so well. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of kids, you know, it's nothing special. <laughs> All right. What did it look like for you? What was what was going on around you? Or yeah, not? I, yeah, I didn't really have friends. I didn't talk. Um, you know, there were days that I didn't. And I tried my hardest not to talk all day. I would be, a, I'd make it a game to not talk all day so that I could get home and feel that much more sorry for myself. You know, it was just a, it was a big pity party <laughs> when I look back on it. It's just so funny. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's really what it was. And um, yeah, it was a matter of, uh, you know, taking action and beginning to do and beginning to read and beginning to try new things we take new actions and that's when things turned around. Mm, I love how you're, 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 you're um, acknowledging very self-aware by the way, right? An important uh, aspect of oneself to develop I have found. And it sounds like you're now looking back on that, having come through that and saying, okay, well, I, I see sort of what contributed to that and how you fueled it. Is that what I heard you say that you would sort of fuel it so you can, you can have that pity party for yourself. Yeah. Wow. Correct. What was, um, what was life like growing up for you as a young child? Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. <laughs> I, you know, I, uh, it was, it was interesting actually, cause I actually, when I was, when I was four years old, I was in therapy for what you call sensory issues. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like I would, cry at the drop of a hat like any weird you know loud noise one of my famous first phrases was sat noise i wow. still you can still catch me like doing that if there's a loud noise and it's like persistent and it's and I'm, i'll just be like sat noise you know uh, I, I get really <laughs> on edge about it um it just and it just like feels like my head is like being banged against the wall you know um so yeah, that, but other, and, and I was like, a, it was very difficult. And I would, like, I was literally just crying all the time up until like, you know, three, four, like it was really, it was, I was really tough. I was really tough. But then eventually I uh, kind of found my way and, you know, I was, uh, you know, in grade school and, you know, lower grade school, I was the class clown many years. And I even won like the class clown award in fourth grade. It was just, I was just full of joy and curiosity and love and, and I just, you know, it was very, it was very innocent. And, um, and, it, and you know, for a couple of years in, uh, let's say, uh, eight or in like starting in middle, middle school and then, you know, throughout high school, I kind of lost touch with that version of myself. And it took reconnecting to that, pr that prior version of myself, reconnecting to those qualities to really, that was a part of me coming you know, making the resurgence and, and coming back and producing outstanding results. And I, I live like that today. I am, I'm, that, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the fourth grade Jordan again. <laughs> Amazing. It's so funny that you, you were the class clown, but acknowledged it that you were um, just, just um, 
experiencing through the joy and the love and the uh, fun aspects of things. It sounds like that you were just doing this as a positive extension. For me, I was also the class clown, but oh. it was, yeah, right? But it was the opposite version. I can acknowledge that it was, I was doing it to sort of um, suppress the negative feelings that I had of uh, unworthiness and mm. uh, unvalidated, that sort of a thing. So in order to not show up with, with those emotions surfaced, I would hide them all being the class clown. So it's interesting that they could come out in two different ways. Yeah, there is a there there is a, a joker mask that that people that a lot of times to, people do wear. They use humor to to sort of numb in a way. And you're aware. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, I, I there's I, I've read about that before. Yes. Hmm. So after after your uh, clowning around days, then that's when you sort of fell into the depression. Yeah, that's correct. And you, you, you were also telling me that your early on, your parents um, supported uh, an early lifestyle of uh, sports for you. They wanted you to do a lot of things and try a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so it, it was a lot of doing, a lot of trying. I played the, I was signed up for the sports that, you know, even, even the ones I sucked at. You know, I wasn't good at basketball. I wasn't good at soccer. Um, and, but I just... I just played every sport, you know, basketball, baseball, flag football, soccer, even eventually trying uh, lacrosse. I don't, I never played lacrosse in an actual league, but I did give it a, I, I, I really tried giving lacrosse a go. Like I really tried. Um, <laughs> that was a little later on, but I really tried with that. It's surfing, surfing. It was a lot of things that were just kind of like, put in my hands, like the surfboard just put in my hands, you know, like for giving, giving me surfboards for my birthday, I remember, and, you know, just putting the basketball on my hands and putting the football on my hands, putting the glove on. And, uh, it, like, it really wasn't me making those decisions to play those sports. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. It was a lot of doing, a lot of trying, a lot of arts and crafts, even my grandmother's big into, um, you know, she's still an, an artist and she paints and, uh, she's great. And uh, I've got, I've got stuff from her literally all over. Like if you could see this, yeah, look at this, look at this tree right here. That's her. That's her. Oh. It's, I, I love this one. I, <laughs> she made uh she had the FGC, it's just uh Florida Gulf coast. Uh, she, wow. Oh, this one's good too. Yeah. I like this one. Beautiful. Um, what do you think I, was behind the, uh, the parents insistence on the uh, sports yeah, I'm not sure entirely. Really? But no, not 100% sure, but I'm uh, definitely well intentioned. And I think it is really important to try so many things in it. And in high school, it kind of carried over to, you know, they wanted me, you know, of course, I was becoming more resistant, uh, you know, in, in my later teen years where um, I wasn't as, I, was, I wasn't as open. But eventually, you know, after hearing, join a club, go volunteer do track, try track for, for three years. I finally like, you know, it finally broke through and I did it. I, in my junior year, I ran track for the first time in my life. Wow. I, um, started volunteering at different places. I, um, I started, I started studying. Um, <laughs> I just started doing a lot of new things. And then the senior year I played, went out on a limb and played tackle football for the first time for the school in my life. Um, so it was, and then, and then it was like perfect timing 
because once I graduated and went on to college, I just started trying so many new things there. And within the first week, I was elected president of my residence hall uh, out of eight people. So all of a sudden I was, you know, went from high school loser to governing over 500, 600 people. And then we've got, um, and then, and then cheer team, you know, I became a male cheerleader. Like I just met this kid on the team and, and he mentioned 30 minutes into the conversation, like, oh, I'm a, a cheer for the school. And I'm, I'm like, wow, I wish I could do that. You know, that hesitation. And uh, he goes, yeah, you can, you can. <laughs> Let me text my coach, you know, and I got tried and I was there. And then I got a fraternity bid. So I just started like trying. It was almost like a spray and pray where I just wow. tried all these different things. And a couple of them hit and led to other things. And uh, a lot of them didn't hit and didn't lead to anything. But, and it's the same thing with like taking phone calls. Like I take, I just take all these phone calls that I don't think will amount to anything. But, and, and 95% of them don't. And I'm like, why am I doing this? But 5% of them, even less than 5%. They five so percent of them change my life and lead to me being introduced to Rachel Starr. They lead to me being introduced to like you know Mark or Kevin or uh, Kevin Rudolph or lead to me being introduced to uh, Jordan Harbinger. Or it's just like you know people. That, there there are some really good people out there, and I and I I, I love. Uh, I just take a lot of chances and uh, you know, a lot of them turn out to be nothing, but um, a lot of those chances, you know, don't turn out to be anything, but don't amount to anything. But some of them really do change my life. You know, I, without, without some of the phone calls that I've taken, I, I mean, like, Holy crap. You know, I, I, <laughs> I don't, I think I'd still, I don't know. I wouldn't have too much momentum. I don't think you bring up a great, yeah little things in the innocuous seemingly innocuous things seemingly that that really make the big difference and compound i i i love that so much so you bring up such a great point you said you take phone calls which for anybody listening whether that's your thing as an entrepreneur or there's a different modified version whatever your version of is uh connecting with others networking taking calls taking meetings pitching right it's all the same thing we're talking about um you said 85% or more, 95% might not lead to anything, but it's, but it's that 5% that could not happen without then it's like, oh, well, if only I can handpick that. Well, you can't. They can't. And that's, so you, and so that's not how all. it works. Gotta take right. them off. So it's because of those 95 phone calls that quote unquote didn't lead to anything, but really they, they led to everything, didn't they? But, uh, literally everything, yeah. Right? They led to the 5%. Yeah, led to the tipping point, really. You know, I can identify a couple of tipping points in my career where, you know, someone, uh, the person that, you know, taking that phone call with, I, uh, he, one LinkedIn comment changed my my life, okay? Tell me, uh, I'm getting I, the chills. Right, yeah. So, Go ahead. so in, De- in December, I just found this guy and I, I, I just, he wasn't even in my network. He had like 10 likes and one comment on his post. And he, uh, I just, you know, I comment on again, again, I, all these a thousand, uh, I, I, th- I comment so many times and 999 of them will amount to nothing, but one out of every a thousand will like change everything. But that's everything. the deal, right? That's the right. deal. Go Jordan. So I, got, right. so I got a comment on everyone. So, so I comment on this guy's uh, post and, you know, and he, res- he responds and then he, next thing you know, we're connected and he messages me and he wants to get on a phone call. And the next day we are on the phone call and he's, he's like, you know, 
You know who you should talk to? Robert Green. Let me text him right now. And I and of course, you know, I never ended up like getting Robert Green. But then he's he was, you know, you should talk to Jordan Harmage. Yeah, I'm really good friends with him. We'll be in London next week. I'll tell him. And uh, so he's booked. Um, you know who you should talk to? Rachel Starr. Uh, you know who that is? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the biggest porn star in the world. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and, and I was skeptical about that at first, but she's very smart. She's very cool. She's very cool. Um, and she's a professional. But um, it, it was, and, and so that LinkedIn comment led to that phone call that just changed everything. And that tipping point, getting Rachel and, and getting like David Meltzer very shortly thereafter led to a tipping point where it's like, okay. And, and then Evan Carmichael in that same period. And then Jordan Harbinger coming soon. And, uh, and it led to a tipping point where it's like, by association, a lot of people want to be on my show because all like the, the, the guests on there are all impeccable. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, out of, you know, I might not have the most listeners in the world, but I'm def- my show definitely is up there in like the top 10 of like best guests in the world. It really is. Um, and so by association, can kind of get anyone that I want. I'm using this, I'm banking, making a career off of what I call borrowed credibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love and it. So, yeah. And for, for a lot of people, you know, Dan Locke, oh yeah, like a phone call lead me to getting introduced led me to getting introduced to Dan Locke. Like people just, like I just woke up one Monday morning with an introduction to Dan Locke in my inbox. Like what the heck, you know? And, uh, and, and so it, it leads, gosh, I forget where I was going, but I'll borrowed credibility. Um, so, uh, you know, for a lot of people, it'll be, even though, you know, Dan Locke has 1.3 million subscribers on YouTube, even though he has a million on Instagram, even though he's got millions everywhere, he, for, that's, that's a lot of people, but the large majority of the people in the world actually don't know him. And so for a lot of people, when he's on my show, it'll be the first time that they're hearing him. And obviously he's like the most credible person, you know, he's like extremely credible, has every piece of social proof on the planet. And so on a subconscious level, people will begin to, people will, but then no, I shouldn't say will, cause they kind of do, people will begin to associate me with those people, with Kevin Rudolph, right? Because I mean, Kevin Rudolph has not done many, he, I haven't seen a podcast with him ever. I look, I tried looking. Um, the only two interviews I found were like one from 10 years ago, it was five minutes long. And then one very li- little known one from like three years ago that was 20 minutes long. Um, and so for most people, yeah, they hear his music, but it'll be the first time that they're hearing him in that form, in that conversation form with me. It'll literally be like the first time they're being introduced. Yeah to Kevin Rudolph. And, and um, so this borrowed credibility is really going a very long way. And, for me. and the thing you connected that from is the fact that we're talking about all the phone calls you have to take and 95% don't lead anywhere, but that's the game. And then the 5% do that's, that's the nature of it. And that's the business. That's what propels you forward. That's how you take the opportunity and put yourself in front of the opportunity. Some might say that that's how you create luck. And now that I love you're saying the, uh, the LinkedIn 
comments. So this goes back to your your sporting days. You were you were pushed to do and to try it all and over and over again. And it seems like you're taking that exact thing and making it work. On the LinkedIn comments, you said there was just you you comment a thousand times, quote unquote, it leads to nothing. So it's that one thousand and first that compounded from the thousand that changes everything. There's so much in that that people need to hear over and over again because that's that's the game, isn't it? Isn't that the game? It's absolutely right, Josh. Yeah. Wow. Um, you're in you're in college now. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, it's funny you say unfortunately because you wrote an article titled Many. Uh, yeah <laughs> oh about this well the one i'm referencing says a university degree is just a receipt and you throw your receipts away first well, of all yeah. very clever title i get it it go ahead <laughs> what do we say about that yeah that blew up on linkedin and i got a lot of love and a lot of hate for it <laughs> but you uh, you, but, you have to have expected that yeah oh no i know i every time i put this stuff it's very intentional it's very intentional. I learned that from Russell Brunson, draw your line in the sand. Yes, you're going to get a lot of hate, but if people aren't talking about you, nobody cares and you're not making money. So, so I do it's it. so true. It's so true. It's very intentional and people still get riled up every single time. It's like, do you get it? And I sit here on podcasts and I say, this is why I do it. <laughs> and people are like, still, just like, if you look at the comments on my education posts, it's, they're like five paragraphs long. It's crazy. You know, people are so into it. And they, yeah, they all, they all, everything about education that I post is like very popular. It, it's just like more popular than my other stuff, at least. So, um, yeah, I'll put it to you this way. Yeah. When I go to a store and the cashier hands me a receipt, I say, no, thank you. I don't need it. You can throw it away. And for two reasons. One, I never really take the time to return anything. Number two, it has BPA all over it. I don't want to touch that crap. Like... <laughs> It affects your gut microbiome. I ain't touching that. Get out of here. Oh my God. You're into all that too. Okay. Who yes, knew? I'm, in, I'm into all that. I mean, hey, don't forget. I mean, I mean, people do. I forget. Uh, my roots are in personal training. Um, like from, from, you know, sports. when I was 19 yeah. years old. Yeah. I was in the National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer. Yeah. I love, oh, wow. and my, my father's a doctor, my mother's a nurse. I have two uncles that are doctors or chiropractors. So I'm all into health. Okay. I, I go on PubMed.gov for fun and I, it's just, just fun. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so the two reasons, yes, I, it's got BPA all over it and I just don't need that receipt. Um, so when I walk across the stage to get my college degree, I'll probably say the exact same thing. Like it's literally just a piece of paper that's really not any more valuable than a receipt. In fact, it's less valuable than a receipt because the return policy <laughs> is so bad. You just got that buyer's remorse. You don't have, there's no return policy. So uh, you can't return it. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of problems with the school system. Not only, not only are we not learning anything and, and I mean nothing, there's nothing of relevance that we're learning. I, for example, I'm a marketing major. We're learning things that worked in the nineties. My teachers don't even, I walk into my academic advisor's office and I, we talk every single semester, a 30 minute meeting turns into two hours and, and we just talk about how horrible and stupid the stuff we're learning that is being taught is like it's just absolutely irrelevant she'll just sit there and be like i agree i agree and then she'll you know what and she'll she'll add a point okay and it's just so funny and the teachers even some of my teachers my professors agree like it's just hilarious 
I've and heard my, all this before, but yes, usually yes. from people out of college saying, hey, what they teach in schools today is so outdated. But you're saying, yes, it is absolutely true. The things I am in school now learning, outdated, not relevant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and they're all cookie cutter courses. Hmm. It's McGraw-Hill homework and quizzes that you can just click through and still get in there. You don't even have to pay attention. Wow. Oh, like, are you kidding me? You don't got to pay attention at all to it. You just click through and you still get an A. And on the, for the quizzes specifically, every single answer, if you just, all you got to do, all you do is, this is what we, everyone does. Highlight the text, right click, Google search it. And it's every, every single answer is on Quizlet, like verbatim. Every single question and answer is on Quizlet.com verbatim. Uh, and then, so, so it's really easy. And then the, the slides, the PowerPoints are all McGraw-Hill. And the videos that are like that occasionally pop up on those slides are literally from the '90s. I kid you not. I kid you not. They're these 20-year-old videos. It's crazy. Um, wow. <laughs> and um, and then the the tests are auto-generated by McGraw Hill's test bank, from McGraw Hill's test bank of questions or Cengage. I mean, pick your poison, really. So uh, and and you know we bubble it into a Scantron. And that Scantron goes into a machine, comes out with a number that somehow defines us. And let me tell you, grades are an illusion. As soon as I freed myself from caring about my GPA, my life took off. My business took off. Everything took off the day I stopped giving a crap about that stuff. It's so is such an it doesn't matter. It's a social contract. It's an illusion. Absolutely doesn't matter. Not so. So that's so. So that that's the stuff we're learning. Here's the other side of the coin. The the student debt in America is higher. I believe it's 1.5 trillion dollars, and it's higher than the entire GDP of Spain and about 40 other African countries. This is a problem. Okay, and 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 every single kid, we're we're you know we're brainwashed into thinking that we need that piece of paper for success when it's absolutely not true. And every single kid that goes through those doors is getting ripped off. They're getting, they're being robbed blind, literally blind. So half of the kids I, that I go to school with, most of them don't even, don't even realize what's going Like, they're like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta do everything the right way. I gotta, I gotta get to the four point. Like, I'm just like sitting there, you know, uh, and, and this is gonna be very controversial as well. I will, as long as I pass, I mean, that's all that matters. And I will, you know, if I, I, there's, I type in the what if scores and do the, do the math and see if, you know, okay, uh, how many assignments can I skip? And I'll still, I'll still pass. So for example, wow. there's one of my courses that I'm done. I'm done for the semester because I don't have to do anything and I'm still going to pass. So I'm done. And, uh, and cause there's, there's really no reason and there's no, there, it's not going to impact my bottom line to, to get to, to bust my ass. Sorry for, but it just came out for, to, to get that GPA. And I, listen, I say things that are not popular. I know there are people that are really hating this right now, but I know there are people that are like, wow. Yeah. Um, I, I get it. But, um, it's just, you know, it, and it goes back to don't make a living designer life because like I said, if it doesn't make me a lot of money, if it doesn't help a lot of people, and if I don't have a lot of fun, I don't do it. And that includes school. I, it, you know, no holds barred. I, I'm ruthless with that. How does somebody listening begin if they're not already living by that mantra? Um, if it doesn't make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and um, and and uh, allow you to have a lot of fun, how can they begin to 
to implement that sort of lifestyle? Oh, sorry. Well, that's a good question. Uh, you know, first of all, you have to define your criteria. But if we're talking about that criteria, I mean, sometimes that you sometimes you have to uh, like it doesn't make any more any any sense to to you know run if you're going the wrong direction. It doesn't make sense to run harder. Just it just doesn't. Sometimes you got to turn around. Sometimes you have to tear the building down and and rebuild in the direction of your dreams. And and because you know maybe you're working in a factory at Amazon and you're working 16 hours a day and you're making $10 an hour and you're essentially a slave. I have had people message me. I have had a, an Amazon worker message me over and over again that that is miserable, absolutely miserable and keeps asking me what to do. And I'm like, like you gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta tear, tear down the, you gotta tear down the walls and rebuild and or, or run in the other direction. Uh, you know, it's really just taking stock of the activities that fill your day. And if you, they're making you miserable and if you're not really fulfilled, then you have to take a new action. Like what, and even it's just race. I think it's simple. I mean, even a friend, you know, the other week that, uh, you know, very, very similar is just really not doing well, not feeling well, uh, depressed. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> and, uh, you know, his, his day consists of, um, you know, really not doing much at all other than working at a serving job, you know, all day. And that's, listen, when I was working a serving job in high school, I was depressed. There's no surprise there. I would be depressed if I had to do that again today. All right. It's, it's really, and the only reason I'm not depressed today is because I don't have time to think about it. I don't have time to think about it because mm. my whole day is filled with activities that fit into those three criteria. And I don't do it. Like, I don't have, and if the, those three criteria allow me, don't allow me to think about being depressed. And this guy just has too much time to be depressed. And too, you know, I mean, when you're serving, when I was serving, at least, I, all I was thinking about was being depressed and miserable, okay? <laughs> and it, so sometimes you've got to run in the other direction. I mean, there's, you've got to take accountability, take stock of yeah. the activities in your life, uh, in, in your life and, and say, you know, is this serving me or intruding my headspace? I've been there. I was, um, I, I, I was miserable and uh, hiding all my worth and power and ability for most of my life. And until I was honest with myself and like you put it, took stock. And until I was able to lay the cards out in front of me and say, okay, what is happening here? What am I doing quite literally and deliberately to cause this effect and take and own that responsibility until mm -hmm. I was able to do that, nothing changed. But when I did, I said, okay, everybody hold up for a minute. I need a moment here. Let me lay everything out here. Okay, I'm doing that. That's not good. I, I know that's not good. Is this, this probably could be tweaked a little bit to be a little better. And you just do that one by one, replace them, and then life can get a whole lot better. Absolutely. 100% yes. Yeah. Talk to me about your, your relationship with failure. How do you view it? What do you make of it? It's <laughs> a good question. Um, well, look, I'll put it, put it this way. You know, Kevin Rudolph and I were talking off the air yesterday after we got off and, you know, we were talking about a lot of things, but, uh, and you're talking about some of the things that I'm, you know, going to be doing over the next few years. And, um, and how we can do that. And, uh, you know, he's like, he's like, look, I know a lot of successful 
people. I mean, he does, you know, worked with Lil Wayne, Flo Rida, the Black Eyed Peas, written songs for Selena Gomez. Like, like this guy is a, like a, for me, he's my favorite musical artist. Okay. This is an icon for me. And, and this, is an, this is an icon for a lot of people. Uh, and Let It Rock is just an icon, that song. Okay. It really is. Um, so, you know, he's like, I, listen, I know a lot of successful people, Jordan, that haven't gone through a whole lot. You know, that, that like it's, it, it's been kind of easy for them. Like, why would you want, why would you want to fail? Why would you want it to be hard? You know, and I was like, oh, that's a good point. You know, I, and I don't really seek out failure like a lot of people. I, I don't, I don't. And, and truth be told, I haven't had a very hard path. Really haven't from, from the upbringing to now. Like I grew up with a pool in the backyard in a nice neighborhood and a beach house. Okay, it really wasn't hard. <laughs> it really wasn't, except for the mental turmoil that I that I had created in my in my teen years in, in high school. That was the only hard part. But um, and, and and you know maybe uh, maybe I'll be sitting here five years from now in a hard time and be uh, be like, gosh, the heck am I doing? <laughs> Why did I say that? But but uh, I really other than like the normal ups and downs of life, you know, and you know, uh, Kevin Rudolph says it best. I felt love. I felt pain, but it's all just a part of the game. It really is all just a part of the game. And I, I you know it's, uh, uh, other than the, the, those normal ups and downs and, you know, a down day here and there, uh, it hasn't been that hard and I don't mm. seek it out. I don't seek out failure to answer your question. Mm. Do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Yeah. I go back and forth with that. I really do. I really go back and forth with that. It's like, yes and no. Mm. Ah, gosh, it's a, it's such a great question, Josh. Um, sometimes I hear that and I'm like, ah, it's a little airy fairy. Um, but other times it kind of does, you know, or listen, okay. I don't, I'll, my opinion on this might change, but the way I'm thinking about it right now is that everything doesn't happen for a reason, but you can sort of articulate a reason as time passes and we can make sense of it because we're, you know, something I learned in man's search for meaning, we are meaning making machines and we kind of need that. And that's why the whole, everything happens for a reason is a saying. We just kind of, we, we, we desperately try to find a reason. Uh, so, and I think it's really important to it. It's absolutely critical to our survival. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's the answer to your question. It's great. I think um, similarly to what you're saying, um, it's, it's maybe, maybe not everything happens for a reason, but more to the point, it's our responsibility to uh, interpret meaning of it, to figure out why, what, what's the meaning of it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Makes sense. Are you spiritual or religious in any ways? Mm, I've been uh, more so at times, at some times than others. Um, I was, I, uh, you know, I was raised Jewish and, uh, but you know, my mother's Catholic. And so been to church, been to synagogue, had a bar mitzvah. I, you know, I've, it was just great. You know, I, it was, even though I was made fun of, made fun of for being Jewish. Once I had that bar mitzvah, had a nice inflow of cash at 13 years old. I was like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, 
<laughs> so you make fun of me all you want. <laughs> it was like the rumor, like going around. I remember in fifth grade, like, like, are you Jewish? <laughs> you know, like oh, it was, like oh I was part, of, like I was a, like I was a Nazi or something. You know, it was <laughs> like, like it was just like kid, kids thought it was weird, and I wonder if it's still like that today. But kids thought it was weird. Like and Jordan, I would, yeah. I got to talk to you, bro. Come here a second. I got a question. People are talking. Yeah. <laughs> wow right. so but but yeah i you know, grew up jewish and um you know and had some very influential catholic figures in my life that had me you know join groups and uh yeah it, you know in my later high school years and um you know i it's i'm not ultra spiritual no hmm. what do you believe happens when it's all over when our time here on earth comes to an end <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. I, it's, I've been like forced to think about that only recently in the past uh, month and a half. Because like, again, life being, you know, my path hasn't been that hard. Really hasn't. Including deaths in the family. The, the, I have experienced one death in the family ever. Okay. And that was only less than, it was a month and a half ago. That's, you know. And uh, so I've, I've never... I, I wasn't forced to really think about it until then and until carrying the casket out, you know, I had to carry it out. And I was, I was like, huh, you know, and we're putting it in the back of a, we're putting my grandfather in the back of a, um, you know, a car, a car, right. And it, and it was open casket. Um, you know, it was just like, it was weird. And I still think about it probably like every other day. Like I wonder, uh, you know, like that, that person's just not here. It's just, and, and never will, like, I don't know. Um, so I'm not so egotistical to know or even have an opinion about that. I have no clue, <laughs> but I've been thinking about it lately. I really have. And I've been really thinking about, cause he passed in his sleep mm. at 89. Yeah. That's the best way it does way to happen. Oh my and God. So at 89, I, even better. Right. So I think, and, and, my grandma like took a picture of him the night before, you know, just in his chair, you know? So like the evening, like at six o'clock at night before. So, you know, I imagine you go to bed, right? You go to bed and somewhere in that sleep cycle, you're going, but I imagine what the dream is like going between literally death and fighting and, 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 and life. Like, and then eventually giving in to the death and what that it must be a really trippy experience i've never done drugs but it must be a really trippy psychedelic like experience <laughs> i would imagine i have no idea but i've been really intrigued by it very intrigued wow i don't know if it's the right word but it's very I, no, I think of course it is of course it is so there's no fear in your world at this current moment around it well, something in something I learned in Think and Grow Rich, and and listen, I mean, you see this library around me, and I mean, I've th this this stuff compounds. I mean, it's really yeah. I, I and I like to use sources, and I like to draw from the different sources and say, you know, if you notice, I mean, like, hey, I learned this from this book. I mean, I've been saying it throughout the interview. Um, thinking something I learned in Think and Grow Rich, I believe, was the last chapter. The the man that is, I'm not going to articulate it that well, but the man that is concerned about death and worries about it is not the right way to go about it. There's a much better way to go about it. And that's to, you know, 
ah, oh, gosh, I got to reread it. I got to reread that part because it's like, I get it. There, it's, it's like literally just in somewhere or another, like, like stop worrying, you know, imagine it as something good happening after, you know, at, at death, imagine it being, you know, meaning a, a good thing and, and don't think about it until it happens. I don't know. I'm st- I've never butchered anything quite like that. Uh, quite that bad. That's a failure. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> my, my life's really hard. <laughs> I get it. Well, I will leave you with this final question. Jordan Paris, how would you like to be remembered? Yeah, the truth is, uh, you know, the 99.9% of us, 99.99999% of us are not going to be remembered um, as far as three generations later or even the next generation. So it's, you know, I'm not so egotistical to say that I'm going to be remembered um, that, well, I don't really care. I'm just here to have fun and do the other things that fit my criteria and, um, you know, maybe just say on my tombstone, best hair. And, uh, look, I wish I could show you, but it's on, it's on my wall. I was on the cheer team in my first year I, at the banquet, I won the best hair award on a team of 25 gorgeous women. Uh, I won best hair. Okay. So I need that on there. And, uh, I'm trying to think, I mean, wow. that's, that's really all I need in there. Cause yeah, I was, I carried around, I, I don't do it anymore, but I carried around a comb with me every single day in school. And, um, I mean, I have a, I have a convertible now, so I kind of have to have a brush in my car. So it just makes sense. So talk to me about uh, that before we part. So, um, vanity is important to you (laughs) a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, but it's just, it's part of the brand. It's part about uh, being very clean cut. Uh, it's, it's me. I'm just, I'm clean. I don't do drugs. I, my, my clothes, my, like my, my clothes fit well, you know, they're not, it's not like loose and saggy, right? Uh, you know, I, and, and my hair's nice and, you know, nothing sticking up and, um, it's, it's actually just, award-winning. It's award-winning. It's award-winning, right? Your hair has won awards. So it's, it's just part, it's part of being, part of being clean, looking clean and feeling clean and being clean. Ooh, I like the connection. There you go. There you go. We will leave it at that. Really cool. My <laughs> man, look at that. Jordan Paris, thank you so much for coming on, showing up, opening up, and um, allowing us to, uh, to learn from you. Yeah. Josh, I've done a lot of interviews, and this is probably the most fun I've ever done. I'll remember this one for a while. Wow. I appreciate that very much. And I appreciate everybody tuning in, whether it's to the live broadcast here on Facebook um, or you're catching the replay, the official audio podcast, wherever you uh, hear your podcasts on Apple, on Google, or on Stitcher. We are there. If you are there, leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you think, what you thought. It makes all the difference. Well, we're going to do this again before too long. Again, thank you for spending your time. We'll catch you soon. Until we do, go get them. Thanks for listening to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.